I have been listening to Audible for years. It just started with a free trial and my favorite Ellen Hildebrand book. And then once I realized how much I could accomplish in a day, like cooking for the kids, cleaning, organizing the house, you name it, um, while being entertained, I was hooked. It has all of my favorite fiction books, but it also has our favorite books on natural birth like Mindful Hypnobirthing, Birth Without Fear, Birthing From Within, Natural Childbirth, The Bradley Way, just to name a few. If you use my link, you can get 30 days free of Audible. Just go to audibletrial.com slash birthnaturally. And I suggest starting with Ina May's Guide to Childbirth if you haven't already, because that is a listener favorite. So once again, just go to audibletrial.com slash birthnaturally for 30 days free. Welcome to Birth Naturally. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Kate. And we are sisters having a conversation about everything from med-free birth to natural parenting. Hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Um, I just want to say a couple things before we get started. Um, you may notice some extra ads in upcoming episodes, um, yeah, which is very exciting for me, and I hope that you will support the, you know, products and companies that I, you know, that are sponsoring this podcast, because if you, you know, if you support those companies, you're also supporting this podcast, and I will only talk about things that I myself really enjoy because I think that's the only way to do it <laughs> and I'm only going to yeah tell you guys about cool companies that I think do great things so that's just a little heads up um, that you might notice happening and I just thought I'd be upfront about it so many people are listening and I just want to thank you guys for your support and it's awesome and if you have not rated and reviewed the podcast if you could just take a second to do that I would truly appreciate it okay so let's talk about today's episode I am chatting with Shannon and she has a tiny little baby that was born in July and yeah I think he was like a couple weeks old when she came on the podcast so that was pretty awesome and um she had a natural hospital birth and she said that this podcast was one of the reasons that she was able to prepare for her birth, which is honestly like the coolest thing. I I can't believe that this podcast has that big of an effect on anyone's lives. Like it's so cool to me and it just never gets old hearing, you know, that you guys love it. So thank you for that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, this is such a, she had like a really great birth, but there are a couple of things that she talks about and I feel like, you know, she had, she had a little bit of a tough time with one of the midwives that came in and I think, you know, hearing her point of view is what teaches us what's possible in our births in the future. Um, and so, yeah, like she was, she really advocated for herself and, she had a doula who also was just so supportive and her husband was as well so I think it's so great to hear an experience like that because it just shows us okay what what can we do you know to get the birth that we want and I just think that she and all of her support people handled that situation very well and ultimately she got you know pretty close to what she was hoping for she did have a couple other struggles um, with baby not engaging, but she, yeah, she still got a great hospital birth and she was very positive about it and that's all that matters. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoy today's episode and like I always say, if you're not already following on Instagram at Birth Naturally, go ahead and do that. Reach out if you you know want to come on the podcast or just have a question or a comment whatever I love to hear from you guys so yeah I hope you guys enjoy the episode they say giving birth is equivalent to running a marathon but what about being pregnant and building a company from scratch while taking on the multivitamin aisle that is the story of Ritual's founder Kat Schneider who started Ritual because she couldn't find a prenatal she could trust 
So I just started recently taking the Essential for Women multivitamin and it's been great so far. They are super gentle on my stomach. I can even take them without food, which is just very convenient. And yeah, it's great because I just want to fill some gaps in my diet and I feel like this is exactly what I need. They're also great tasting, like the, the Essential for Women multivitamins have like this minty taste, so I'm so not used to that. I'm used to that like not so great aftertaste, so that's been awesome as well. So although I am not pregnant, Ritual has a prenatal that you can trust. They are made with traceable ingredients. You can literally look at a map and see where all the ingredients have come from, which is super cool. And you better believe I checked that out and I loved it. And all of the ingredients are vegan, bioavailable, and clinically studied key nutrients for before and during pregnancy. They're also non-GMO project verified, gluten, and major allergen free. So why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Ritual is offering my listeners 30% off during their first month. Visit ritual.com slash birthnaturally to start Ritual or add Essential for Women Prenatal to your subscription today. Welcome, Shannon. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, why don't you start by telling us a little about you and your family? Yeah, so um, my husband and I, were, we live in Minnesota, um, and my husband is a kind of personal trainer, like youth athletic performance coach, um, and I am in marketing, and um, we're super active and love to be outside, and we just had our first baby boy, Calvin, um, a couple weeks ago. Well, congratulations. He's Thank so, you. so tiny, just like, <laughs> yeah, two or three weeks old, right? Yes, just oh. teeny tiny still. Oh my gosh. So how, what was your journey to getting pregnant like? And um, yeah, just talk to us a little bit how that went. Yeah, so my husband and I got married um, in 2021, um, the peak of COVID. So that was exciting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then I, I'm a big runner. So I, we wanted to start a family pretty quickly, but I had some marathons I wanted to get done first. So (laughs) I did that. And then, um, we started trying, um, in like last October and I'm pretty sure we got pregnant on the first try. So (laughs) we feel, very blessed because I know that's not everybody's story, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so it was very quick. I was fully anticipating it to take longer. So I was quite shocked when I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> I'm sure everyone kind of goes into it like, okay, it'll be a few months at least, you know, and totally, <laughs> it's so funny when it happens immediately, you're like, wait, I'm not, I'm not prepared for this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So how did your pregnancy go? Pregnancy was awesome. Um, I, again, feel super lucky. I did not have any morning sickness. I did not have any food aversions. Like I had the easiest pregnancy in the world. Oh my gosh. Um, You don't hear that often. (laughs) I know. So I feel super lucky. I would definitely say that like I was, um, you know, dealing with some like in like the second trimester started to get some like sciatica pain and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But I started seeing a chiropractor and an acupuncturist um, during the second trimester and saw them through the third trimester and almost all of those symptoms went away. So I cannot say enough about the benefits of of that. But, um, other than that, it was, it was a really, really easy pregnancy. And you, I'm sure you continued running throughout your pregnancy. I did. I would say I probably was running through about like 25 weeks and then it was just, I just felt like it was too much weight Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, to carry around. So I, I was still super active. I did a lot of like bar classes, which were super fun. Um, and I highly recommend those to anyone who's active during pregnancy. Um, but yeah, I was working out at least like four or five times a week up until I was, um, like 39 weeks pregnant. So it was, it was awesome. Yeah. Good for you. That's amazing. Thank you. (laughs) So did you always know that you wanted to have a natural birth or was that something that you kind of decided during your pregnancy? 
Yeah, I know. I did not always know that I grew up in a family that I, you know, was very, you know, conventional medicine, that that was the way to go. Mm -hmm. Um, So I never really knew anything different. Um, And my whole life, when I thought about having a baby, I was like, oh, I'll for sure get an epidural. Like, there's no way I can handle that. (laughs) Um, And then when I met my husband, I was sort of on like a health journey myself because I was having chronic migraines. And so I had kind of gone down this, okay, how do I make my life a little bit more natural? How do I change my diet? And my husband was very, very into that as well. And so he helped me a lot and I got rid of my migraines and, you know, felt better than I ever had. So then that's when I sort of, my whole lifestyle really changed. And then when I got pregnant, Um, I started to kind of look into the more natural route of birth. And I still at this point was like, I want to do it as naturally as possible, but I'm for sure getting an epidural. (laughs) And um, once I started to to do some research and read some books, um, I think it was probably, you know, right at the beginning of the second trimester when I was like, you know what, like I, this, it, it, it aligns more with my values and what I want to do to have this baby naturally without an epidural. And, um, we went from there. So it was, it was definitely not something that I ever thought I would do until I was pregnant. So it was, mm-hmm. it was quite the journey, um, a lot of research, but I, I'm so glad that I did it. Yeah. So how did you prepare yourself? You know, I know you talked about research. Was there anything mm-hmm. you know specific that really helped to change your mind and got you ready? Yeah, I would say, so I feel like everyone talks about the book, like what to expect when you're expecting. There's mm-hmm. another book that's very similar. It's like a week by week guide. Um, I'm forgetting the full title, but the the lady who does it, her Instagram is Mama Natural. And she mm-hmm. has a, um, a book. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's kind of the same concept, like week by week pregnancy, but it talks about everything from kind of a natural lens. So I started reading that. Um, I read Ina May's Guide to Childbirth. Um, I did um, some gentle birth hypnosis tracks um, and like some pelvic floor work. And that was pretty much the extent of it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was definitely, you know, tricky. I Again, I said like my family was is very kind of conventional medicine. So when I told them it, there was a lot of pushback. Um, so I had a little bit of a stressful couple weeks mid pregnancy where I was just struggling to be like, okay, this is what I want, but I don't feel supported. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's tough. I think you definitely don't want to go into it without, you know, people in your corner who fully support you and aren't going to give you, give you those horror stories or put any doubts in your mind. Yeah, no, that that's, that's so true. It's, it's tough when you want everyone to be like excited for you. And it's just like, you get a different reaction than you were hoping for kind of just, yeah, it's just that negativity is, is, is tough to forget, but how, I mean, having, you know, having a natural hospital birth, like how did you go into it, you know, thinking that there was no way you were going to get the epidural. Like when I feel like mm-hmm. for me, if it's like right there, I would like very easily be like, uh, you know what, this <laughs> is getting a little bit difficult. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think that's a really good point too. Like I would say anyone who's considering a natural birth, like for me, at least for me, it was, I'm the decision is either I'm not going to get it. And I, it's a hundred percent. That's the route I'm going, or it's okay. I'll, you know, do as best I can, but I know it's there if I need it. And if I would have gone with the latter, I, I think I probably would have gotten. It. Yes. You know, um, so yes, I really, I, I totally agree. Uh huh. <laughs> I remember when I was having my second in the hospital, I was like, I'm going to try, but you know, and I did that thing that we were talking about. And yeah. I, I talked to a friend who had four natural well I guess three natural hospital births at that time Uh and she said exactly what you said you have to go into it no like not even thinking that's an option and you know stick with that 100 percent um Mm -hmm. so I still went my way and I got the epidural so (laughs) with my second so it didn't work out um but no I I think that's so I think that's so true you have to be like that's not an option it's not going to happen you need to let everybody know around you don't ask don't you know don't offer it (laughs) and that's yeah 
Yeah, for sure. I, you know, so I, I grew up with a, um, you know, I, a sister with special needs and she passed away when I was young, but I spent a lot of time in the hospital, um, with her and my parents. And so to me, like hospitals have always felt like a safe space, which I know is an unpopular opinion. A lot of people like really hate hospitals. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've always really loved them. So for me, I was like, I want this natural birth, but I actually, I really do like the hospital environment. Um, that's so interesting. And when we talk about my labor, I will, I will kind of go into like what I would want for my next birth. Cause I definitely yeah. had a little bit of a shift, but, um, mm -hmm. but that's why I wanted to do it in a hospital. I also felt like, you know, from again, like the people in my, in my corner that, that I love and were supporting me, I think it potentially made them feel a little bit better, right. um, which for my first was just, it was nice just to know that everybody felt good about it. Mm -hmm. Um, but there was a, a midwife group at my hospital. So um, I didn't see an OB. I saw a midwife and this particular hospital has um, kind of like a, a birth center per se in it okay. um, where they do water births um, and they, the whole midwife team kind of works out of this kind of hospital birth center. So in terms of like a hospital setting, it was about as kind of natural minded as you can get, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, that, that sounds so it like nice. it. Yeah, yeah. That does not sound like your typical hospital birth. Right. <laughs> so yeah, you kind of got the best of both worlds. Totally. Yeah. That sounds great. So how were you feeling as you know, you were approaching your due date? Yeah, I was feeling good. Um, in my mind, I was like, okay, this is my first baby and I'm probably going to be late. And I was in my head, I'm like, I'm going to go 42 weeks just so that I wasn't like sitting around twiddling my thumbs. Right. <laughs> um, but I felt um, pretty, pretty good. But um, this little man actually showed up on his due date. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Does not happen very um, often. <laughs> no, but I was like, um, going on like that last week, like 30, uh, week 39, I was still active, not quite as much, but I was still going on like, you know, one or two mile walks every day was definitely starting to feel like a little bit tired. Um, but I, I mean, hit the labor sort of started like very abruptly. Um, so I was feeling great, like really up until everything started rolling. <laughs> oh yeah. Let's hear about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so on the, the day before his due date, so July 9th, I had gone on a really long walk with my husband. Um, and then that night, um, I just got this crazy, like nesting instinct. And I started like cleaning toilets and like random <laughs> things around the house. And I think my husband had like, was thought I had lost my mind. He's like, what is going on? It's like 730 at night and you are cleaning toilets. I don't understand. Um, <laughs> and I'm like trying to fix this drawer that like doesn't open smoothly and like just random things. And kind of in the midst of that, I got a sensation and I was like, that's weird. And I went to the bathroom and I think it was part of that. I was losing part of my mucus plug. Mm -hmm. um, and it was really kind of small. Um, I kind of had like some period like cramps, but I didn't think much of it because I know you can lose your mucus plug like weeks before you have a baby. So I had texted my um, doula because we did have, a, we also hired a doula um, and I had texted her and just let her know that. And she was like, you know, sounds great. Keep me posted. So that was that. Um, and then I went to bed that night at around 9.30 um, and I woke up to contractions at 11:30 and I laid there for about 30 minutes again just kind of doubting it. I'm like this can't be real. He's due tomorrow. Like <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> um and so I laid there for about 30 minutes and then I was like, "You know what? These these feel different because I had had some Braxton Hicks um in the weeks up to his birth, but to, to me, like Braxton Hicks didn't, they didn't hurt. Like they didn't, they weren't right. uncomfortable, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, it was just like my, it would feel like tight and my stomach would get kind of hard. Um, but I could kind of go about my day and they didn't bother me, but I was laying in bed. I'm like, okay, these are like more like menstrual cramps ish. Um, 
so I was like, well, I'm just going to start timing them because it feels like they're pretty frequent. So I started timing them about 30 minutes after they woke me up and they were five minutes apart lasting for a minute. (laughs) And I was like, and my, of course, uh, contraction timer app is telling me go to the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) And, And I wanted to labor at home for as long as possible. Um, so I'm ignoring it. I keep having to like exit out of this app. That's telling me like, you need to go to the hospital. (laughs) Um, so I like get up out of bed and I just tell my husband, I'm like, Hey, like you can keep sleeping. I'm going to take a shower and just like, I just needed to be up. I was not comfortable laying down. So I got up, took a shower. I'm continuing to time my contractions, which actually slowed down a little bit when I was in the shower and the shower felt amazing. Um, and then I kind of just started to get some stuff together, like last minute, like toiletries and stuff packed. I'm still timing them. Um, and then they were about three minutes apart lasting for a minute. And I was, so I texted our doula and she called me and talked to me on the phone, but she was like, you know what? You're still talking through them. You sound fine. Um, I'll check in with you in an hour and we'll go from there. I'm like, sounds great. So I'm kind of just dealing with it. My husband ended up getting up and making us a very early breakfast at like four in the morning <laughs> because I knew, I knew I was like, we, we need to eat because I think this is the real deal and I need to make sure that I'm like fueled. Yeah. Um, so he made breakfast, I'm eating it, um, dealing with contractions. I'm breathing through them. I, you know, for me personally, I wouldn't say that they were, they didn't really hurt. Um, it was more just like, they took a little bit of focus. Um, but I was at that point in time, I was like, man, is this it? Like I could totally do this. <laughs> um, little, little did I know. Right. Um, but so everything was great. Dula ended up calling back after the hour and she still was like, you know what? You still sound okay. I'm like, yeah, I feel fine, but they're still three minutes apart lasting for a minute. So I'm just not sure like when we need to go in because I don't want, you know, I'm very close to the hospital, like maybe seven minutes away. So that was a huge benefit. Um, but I still was like, kind of like, well, I don't want to like be in transition in the car. So right. how do it's we make so sure hard. I get there? Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard um, to like be looking at the times and be like, this is supposed to be it, but you're not but yes. you don't know how you're supposed to feel. And every labor totally. is different. So I I don't know. I never learned like the right time to go to the hospital or or to call my yeah. midwife or anything. It's it's very difficult. <laughs> it is. It's so difficult. And I definitely did not want to get to the hospital and be told to go home. That was like my worst nightmare. Um, so I would like having a doula, honestly, like anyone who honestly and anyone who wants to have any type of birth, epidural or or not, I think a doula is so 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 helpful I'm sure. um so she had ended up coming over to the house which was great and I had decided to get into the tub um and that progressed things pretty quickly so I got into the tub doula arrived um and that's when I started to like notice myself making noises that I hadn't didn't realize would come out of my body <laughs> um, and so she gets there and she's with me and she's kind of asking me like, like okay what are you feeling um I'm like they things have definitely shifted and by this point contractions are now two minutes apart lasting for a little over a minute so she's like okay and she was so calm she's like telling my husband she's like okay why don't you go call the midwives and let them know that we're on our way <laughs> so I'm like getting out of the bath getting dressed, getting in the car, all of that. Um, and we go to the hospital, um, which I think the, like the change of environment actually was helpful because when I got in the car, things kind of, they kind of were subdued for the ride to the hospital. So the whole time there, I started to get in my head again, like, oh no, like, is this, was that like not real? Like now things are kind of stopping, but they didn't, they didn't stop. They just kind of, I think, paused for a minute, which was really nice for the car ride. I'm sure. Um, and then we got there and checked in, went to triage. I definitely kind of had to stop as we're walking to triage a couple of times through contractions, but again, like still very manageable. 
um, but close together. And then we got to triage and I um, put my, I had brought like my own like gown things. I didn't want to wear the hospital one. And I put that on, kind of got just, I don't know, instinctually got on all fours on the bed. Um, and my, my water broke like massive, like everywhere <laughs> oh my like, gosh. exploded. And I was like, Whoa. Um, and that's when things kind of took a turn. So, um, that was at probably, let's see, my contraction started around 11. I think we got to the hospital around five. So, okay. um, fairly quickly, at least it felt quick in the moment. Um, but so in triage, the, um, so I wanted to have a water birth. Like I said, my hospital has water birth rooms and there's four of them. And, um, when I had talked to them kind of in all my prenatal appointments, I was like, well, how, like, what are the odds that there's not a room available when I go into labor? And they're like, we've never had it happen since we've oh, had wow. these rooms. They're like, we've all, we always have one open. I'm like, and they let you deliver <laughs> in there too. Uh, they do let you deliver in the water. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so yep. cool. Um, so they had told me that and I had signed the consent form. We get to triage and they're like, so bad news. There's oh, no water no. room available. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I was like devastated, but, and this, sorry, I'm like kind of jumping around here. This was maybe That's like okay. right when we got there before my water broke. Okay. Then my water broke and, um, there was meconium in the amniotic fluid. Mm-hmm. And so it actually ruled me out of a water birth at the hospital. They wouldn't uh, allow you to birth in the water if you had meconium in the fluid. So it ended up working out, Yeah, um, <laughs> but I was like devastated. So if I have another baby, I like definitely want to try for a water birth. But, um, um, so that happened. And then the, there was, so this midwife group is great. There's 14 of them there. You don't, you don't know who's on call, of course. So the, the midwife I had been seeing the, for the majority of my appointments was not the one on call when I arrived. And it was actually one of the ones I hadn't met. And everyone I had met had been amazing, but this particular one, she was, she was super sweet, super nice, but a little more, she had a, there was just a lot more pushback than with some of the other ones on our birth plan. And so things did not start super smooth um we had our like I had my birth plan printed and my husband gave it to them right when we got there um but you know the first thing they said is you know let's we want to do a a vaginal exam and you know see how dilated you are and I said I don't I don't want one it's in my birth plan I just I don't want to know I don't want I don't I just don't want to go through that at all that was not part of my plan Mm -hmm. um and I got a lot of attitude (laughs) oh my gosh and when you talk to them when you talked to them like beforehand, were they okay with that? Oh yeah. They were totally okay. fine with it. Um, again, like this midwife was someone I hadn't met with. So for yeah. her, it was her first time seeing my birth plan. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, she was super nice, but she kind of gave, you know, the, I'm sorry, you, you don't want a vaginal exam. Like it was very, the, the tone and the attitude, like while I'm dealing with contractions was just like not fun. Ugh, um, yeah. so that was kind of a bummer. And then um, they transferred me to the labor room and she was still, um, she kind of came with us there and I didn't want to do continuous fetal, um, monitoring. I wanted intermittent monitoring. Um, and again, there was maybe like a 10 minute kind of argument between the midwife and my husband. Cause my husband is very, <laughs> he's very direct. Um, and was your doula there? Advocate. Doula was there and she was also kind of supporting my husband in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but the midwife was like, well, we really want to do continuous monitoring because of the meconium. Like we, we really want to know that the baby's doing okay. Um, and I wasn't, I was kind of just at this point focusing because the contractions had gotten really, really intense. Um, and uh, after about 10 minutes of like listening to them go back and forth, like I finally was like, just do it just do it. I can't listen to this anymore. Like just put, put the monitors on. So that was the kind of the biggest, um, bummer, I think. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's a minor, it's a minor piece, I I think. Um, but I was just super disappointed in like the pushback, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, you always have a choice 
and mm-hmm. it just didn't feel like she was giving us that option, which was really tough. Yeah. I mean, and especially when you're like really expressing what you do and don't want. And like, that's the reason why you have this, you're going to see this midwife group so that, you know, they understand your needs and stuff like, yes, that must've been difficult. And like, you're this, now is not the time to talk about it. As you get to the hospital, you're clearly in labor. Um, Right. I don't like what, who would do that? <laughs> like, I know, I know. I, it was I just, it like totally that. rubbed me the wrong way. And my husband yeah. was super frustrated. And, um, mm. I think it just was a really good example to me of like, you can do everything right in a hospital setting, but at the end, at the end of the day, you're sort of in this system right. that follows more conventional medicine and has, you know, concerns on like liability, all these different things that you know, you just, you if you want a natural birth in a hospital, you're probably going to have like a couple obstacles. Like I, I yeah. think it's just impossible not to. I, I, yeah, um, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, I was definitely disappointed. And at this point I was, I was like, okay, whatever. So they strapped him on. Um, and then, and then kind of things started to progress even more. So if I kind of take a step back, I didn't know this at the time because I didn't get, um, uh, an exam or a cervical check. So I didn't know how dilated I was. Um, but when I got, when I talked to my doula after the birth, mm-hmm. sorry, babies, no, go ahead. Pacifier. <laughs> <laughs> that is, of course, that's no fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so when I talked to my doula after birth, she kind of gave me the rundown of like exactly what she thought, um, where she thought things were at. So in her, in her opinion, she's like, when we got to the hospital and your water broke in triage, she's like, I would imagine you were eight or nine centimeters dilated already. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So, and that's when things were like really intense. And then she's like, when we got to the room and after they had strapped on the monitor, she's like, I think you were for sure a 10, because at that point I was telling them like, I need to push, like, I need to push this baby out. Um, like there was definitely like a feeling of you know, I had, you know, listened to all of your podcast episodes. Mm -hmm. I had watched so many birth stories and I had heard about this fetal ejection reflex. And in my head, I'm like, I think that's what's happening. And it could have been because I was 10 centimeters, but I also think I just didn't appreciate like the sensation of pressure that you Mm -hmm. feel um, in labor. Like I totally underestimated that, that feeling. Um, And like the, like feeling like you literally need to poop like Mm -hmm. like like a watermelon (laughs) (laughs) yes Um, so I don't know if it was like actually like the the fetal ejection reflex or I was just feeling pressure but that I was like okay I need to push and this was maybe at like 5 30 or 6 a.m at this point so 10 centimeters at, at this point and um I they they asked me to reach up and see if I could feel the baby's head since I was denying the exams. I'm like, okay, so I, I kind of reach my hand up there and I can't feel him. And so then I kind of panicked. I'm like, I don't feel him. Like what's going on? And they weren't telling me any of this in the moment. I think they were trying to keep me calm, but he had not engaged into my pelvis. So he was super high, Mm. Um, but I was 10 centimeters. So that was tough because I essentially was kind of like in that I need to push mindset from 5 30 in the morning until he was born at 11 a.m oh my gosh um so that was really tough um I my doula was phenomenal she had me literally I was moving into new positions every five contractions so I would do a position for five contractions and then she'd move me somewhere else so I did you know, sideline positions on the bed. I did hands and knees, squats, um, backwards on the toilet. I did get in the, they did have a tub in the room. Um, so I did labor in the tub, um, and do like some like glute bridge positions where you kind of sway your hips. So I was doing everything and it was brutal. Um, just because we were trying to get the baby to, to move down. Um, And so that was really tough. I think there was definitely a handful of positions and moments where I'm looking to my husband, like, I can't do this anymore. Like this, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. Mm -hmm. Um, And to your earlier question, um, I think 
no matter what, even if I would have been like, I don't know, maybe I'll get an epidural. It was probably too late for me by the time I got to the hospital anyway. Right. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So I probably didn't have a choice, but, um, I, I think in those, like in that transition and pushing, like, I, I see why people get them. Like I do, I, I understand, um, just because I was in that phase for so long. Um, but I would say, you know, it, you still have the breaks in between. So it was super tough during them. Um, but my doula was so great about like making sure I was relaxing my shoulders and taking really deep breaths in between when I had that kind of break. Um, and then the, the hospital also had, um, a cart, a rolling cart that had nitrous oxide. Mm -hmm. So, which is for anyone who doesn't know, it's essentially what they give you, like the laughing gas at the dentist. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it doesn't, it doesn't transfer to the baby. It um, only works if you're holding the mask to your face. It doesn't like stay in your system, but they had that. And when I was sitting on the toilet, I used that. And that was a godsend. <laughs> <laughs> um, it didn't take the pain away at all, um, but it helped me just relax and breathe, which I think mm-hmm. was super helpful. Yeah, I'm um, sure. Yeah. So then finally I reached up again. They had asked me like, okay, can you just check one more time and see if you can feel baby? So I reached up and I could feel him and they're like, great. Like how far do you think your finger was up there? So you can get an idea of where he is. So I'm like telling them, I'm like, I don't know, like half my middle finger, who knows? Um, <laughs> so that was kind of funny. Um, and then, you know, thing they must've realized things were um, about to happen because the Oh, and what I forgot to actually say, which was the most important part, is that when I was in the tub, so this was maybe like 7 a.m., like a couple hours from getting to the hospital, the midwife that was on call switched, and my midwife was on call for the rest oh, of wow. my birth. That's awesome. <laughs> which I had no idea. So when she walked in the room, I feel like I was just, I was like, I'm so glad to see you. Like, I was so happy. Oh, my gosh. I'm um, sure. <laughs> Yeah. So that was amazing. And she was super supportive the whole time of everything. And she's just the sweetest, the sweetest person ever. Um, but she, so she was in the room and she had called in kind of, you know, some of the nurses and I could tell, you know, my first question was like, is he okay? Cause the room started to feel a little bit more chaotic. Like people started coming in and my midwife was like, oh yeah, like you're just about to have a baby. I'm like, oh wow. Okay. So I, they got me on the bed and, um, I actually did push on my back for a little bit because of his position. Um, I was up, like my pelvis was like up and lifted from like a pillow. So like my sacrum could still move. Mm -hmm. And I had my feet like on the squat bar over the bed. And then I had like a um, towel that I was like pulling on um, that was also attached to the squat bar. So I was on my back, but I still feel like my pelvis had room to move. And I think that position kind of helped get him in the right spot. And then I switched to like a deep squat. Um, mm-hmm. And that is how I had had him. I pushed him out in a deep squat. So, um, and that was, I think the pushing part was, it was hard. I definitely got the ring of fire. I definitely, it was really intense, but it was nice to feel like, okay, something's happening. Like I'm doing something. <laughs> yes. Especially when uh-huh. it had been hours and you're like, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm like, oh, finally, like I can actually like go with this pushing sensation that I feel like I couldn't yeah. have nothing to push before. So it was, it was really actually probably the best part of it, even though it was intense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, come to find out, um, and I didn't know this during it, but, um, so when babies come out, they rotate. Um, I think mm-hmm. most people know that, but they spin when they come out and they, they rotate clockwise. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my little one decided when he was still high that he was going to rotate um, counterclockwise, which the midwife was saying she had never seen before. Huh. <laughs> so I'm not sure um, uh, why that was, but my husband is a nonconformist. So I'm thinking we have a son that is the same. (laughs) Um, So he rotated weirdly where um, he actually, when he rotated counterclockwise, he rotated himself into a, um, an OP position or sunny side up. So when I was dealing with kind of the four hours of like intense pressure, I was getting a lot of back labor. um, And I think that was what was making it so intense. Yeah. Um, 
And then when he descended, he was a little bit sideways and he actually rotated as he came out, um, which, yeah, they thought was pretty cool. Like, I think my doula took a video of it because they could tell it was going to happen. And she was like, this is wild. Like he's literally rotating on his way out. So he, his head didn't come straight. It was kind of, kind of cockeyed a little bit. Um, so he had a massive cone head kind of coming out to the side. <laughs> when I'm he sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but the push, like the actual, like, okay, you can push now, um, was probably only 30 minutes. Oh, wow. That's not so bad that at all. Really fast. Yeah, yeah. At least you got, at least you got that. <laughs> Because I don't know if you could do a couple hours of pushing at that point. <laughs> no, no, I was exhausted. I'm um, sure. Yeah. But yeah. Like start to finish, it was 12 hours. So for first baby and the fact that he was kind of stuck high, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, my midwife was like, that's, that's really fast for that. So that yeah. was encouraging. She's kind of like, if you have other babies, um, she's like, if they're in their correct position, like you could have some pretty quick labors. So just like be, <laughs> be ready for that. I'm like, okay, good to know. um so so yeah so he was born my husband actually caught him which was awesome and really special Mm -hmm. and put him on my chest immediately and we did kind of an hour of skin to skin um my midwife waited about 12 minutes to cut the cord we waited till it was white and not pulsing um we did not like they didn't wipe baby off so all the things that I think you get with like a home birth or at a birth center um you know was we were fully supported for all of that in the hospital. Um, we got him to latch right away. So it was, you know, really kind of special, um, after that. And, um, the only thing, you know, once he was put on my chest, I think 10 minutes later, I had to push out the placenta, which was no big deal, super easy. Um, but then she did check and I did have three, um, tears just because of his position. So I had two, first degree tears and one second degree tear, which mm-hmm. uh, I was so worried about tearing. And I would say like the, the, tr- the sensation of everything else was so strong. Like I had no idea. I had no, no idea. No, <laughs> definitely <laughs> um, not. You, you no. don't feel it during, you feel it after, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. The recovery uncomfortable. for sure. Yeah. But I think um, like, it's, it's always going to be uncomfortable after pushing a baby out, whether or not you tear. So yeah. So there's sure. that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't think it really like it really it made, yeah. made a huge difference in recovery, but I did get um a handful of stitches, which was, you know, not the most fun thing ever. But again, mm-hmm. like not not super easy compared to the rest of it. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> wow. That I mean I I honestly can't imagine like those hours of those you know, changing positions when you're 10 centimeters dilated. I truly can't imagine that sounds like torture. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was super hard, but I would say like, it definitely kind of gave me some, um, confidence for future babies just because I'm like, you know, if I could be at that, at that phase for that long and like, yes, it was tough. And yes, it was intense. Like I can do this again. No yeah. problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Oh my gosh. And, and thank goodness your doula had these ideas. And because honestly, like that is probably why women get, um, you know, C-sections, like the doctors yeah. are like, oh, well, baby's not, you know, engaging. So we have to give you a C-section. And a hundred percent. We had asked yeah. about that. And she was like, she, I said, you know, if I would have allowed the cervical exam, like, do you think it would have changed the outcome? Um, but I mean, granted, you always have a choice, right? And I think some people forget that, like, even yes. if you're in a situation where someone says, you know, we need to do a C-section, you have a choice. Yes. Um, I, <laughs> I think um, it's just people don't realize that. That's the thing. Don't. That's the biggest thing. Yes. And when you're in the moment, yeah, the way they position it to you and it, they, it makes it feel like it's kind of like this kind of do or die situation. Exactly. Um, it's really hard to say no. Cause you just, mm-hmm. of course you just want your baby to be safe. Right. Um, so, but I did ask them like, if I would have gotten that exam, like, do you think it would have changed like the overall feel or like recommendations in the room? And she said, 
110%, they would have been pushing for a C-section. And to me, I'm like, that is just, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I get it. I get it. Um, you know, for a lot of reasons and just making sure they want to make sure baby's okay. But, um, it is pretty impactful, I think to say, yeah, a situation that could have been a C-section, like ended up not being one and it went fine and baby was fine and there was no complications. Yeah. Um, you know? Yeah. Because you knew, you knew what you were, you know, you knew what you were doing. You did the research, you had a doula and you had a midwife that knew what you wanted. So. Yeah. And I think, you know, my, my husband, my husband, Mm -hmm. I was kind of, um, and again, I said, he's, he's very direct. He's very like, (laughs) uh, opinionated, Mm-hmm. And I love him for it. He's a huge advocate for me in so many ways. Um, but when I had first told him about a doula, he's like, why do we need to, like, what do we need to pay a doula for? Like, I can do that. Like, I'm your advocate. Why do you, why do we need mm-hmm. someone else? And I think he was offended <laughs> at first. And I tried to kind of talk, to, like talk him through it and explain it. And of course he wants, you know, he's the most supportive person of me ever. And, you know, he went along with it and was like, if that's what, you know, you want, I'm, I'm a hundred percent on board. Um, but it wasn't until after the birth where he came to me and he's like, wow, like that was probably the best money we spent. Like, oh, she I'm sure was amazing. Cause he's like, you know, I can support you and sit next to you and rub your back and tell you you're amazing. It's like, but I would have had no idea, like the different positions that you needed to be in to yeah. get the baby to engage in your pelvis. Like, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So the doulas have that experience. So again, like that would be like my biggest thing for anyone who wants to have a an unmedicated birth is a doula is so, so, so worth the investment. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh my gosh. Um, so would you do anything differently if, you know, if you choose to have another child? Yeah, I, you know what I would, so I would definitely do another unmedicated birth. Um, I think it was just, it was super powerful. It was really transformative for me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to even just tell my story on this podcast, because I feel like there's, you know, it's such a rare thing, like that people do on on unmedicated birds, Mm -hmm. especially like the people that I kind of surround myself with day to day, like it's very, it's very, it's not the norm. No. Um, And so it, you know, for me, like, even the first week, like it was a little bit isolating, where I was like, I just want to I want to talk about it because it was so amazing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I also don't want to like be like bragging to people who didn't have that experience and like making them feel like, you know, I did it in a way that's like any quote unquote better. Cause it's not about that. It's more just like, wow, that was so powerful. And I just like, I want to share it with the world. <laughs> I totally understand because um, that is why I started a podcast. I was like, yes. I want to tell my story and I want to hear everyone else's. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. So so I would definitely do that again. Um, I, even though, like I said at the beginning, I, I, I do, I don't mind the hospital um, environment. I think even just those little things that we dealt with, like in triage and with the, with the monitoring, like for me, like I, I would just want to get rid of all of that. Like, I think yeah. in the grand scheme of a hospital birth, we had it very, very, I mean, it went really well. Like those yes. are really minor obstacles, but mm-hmm. um, it was enough to still be like, a little irritating in the moment. So if I have, if we get pregnant again, um, I think I will do, um, a home birth, which, (laughs) um, is so funny because I had heard, I remember being a kid and one of my friends had a mom who had a baby at home. And I just remember being like, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, I remember, I totally understand because I remember my sister always talking about wanting to have a home birth. And I was like, why not? Like, why would you <laughs> want to do that? And even when I was pregnant with my third, I was like, I'm not, I'm not having a home birth. And then I did. Yeah. <laughs> and it was oh the most amazing thing ever. So, and it was not ever something on my radar. I just really didn't want to go to the hospital and be away from my other kids. <laughs> so yeah. like, well, I'll sure. have a home birth then. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and even like for next baby, like I would love for Calvin to like be part of that and like be be at home with us and experience that. I think it's super like magical. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other thing too, is that, and that I didn't really realize until I had a hospital birth is that um, spending the first night in the hospital, like I really hated that. Um, Yeah. (laughs) 
Gosh. You know, he did not want to sleep in the little plastic bassinet. Um, nurses are coming in every hour to two hours to check vitals. Like it's just really invasive. And I just was like, I just want to be left alone to like stare and cuddle this baby. I know. I mean, I'm, yeah, it's very tough trying to sleep and, you know, figure out how to be a parent <laughs> when yes. people are coming in, turning the lights on, it's bright, it's loud. It's like, what, what what are you doing? Like, let me just like enjoy this time. It's, it's, yeah, it's, that's probably one of the worst parts. Like nighttime at the hospital is, is, oof, it's not fun. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, totally. I'm sure you felt so much better once you got home in your, in your space. Oh yeah. They asked us, they're like, do you want to spend another night here? You're more than welcome. And my husband and I were like, nope. We're good. Was, like <laughs> as soon as you are ready. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think you know, I, I think, I don't know if this was on, it might've been in one of the episodes of your podcast, but I, now I can't remember, but I heard a quote at one point in my research early on in pregnancy that was like something along the lines of birth is a natural process that sometimes needs medical invention, uh, medical intervention, not mm -hmm. a medical event that sometimes happens naturally. And like that changed mm -hmm. my perspective completely. No, that's, it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. Wow. That that's, that's so cool that you got what you wanted and yeah, just going into it, knowing exactly, you know, like what your options were and, and, you know, you, you did get most of it. And I think it is probably the best outcome from a hospital birth, you know, the closest thing that, that you can, you know, yeah. So that's, that's pretty awesome. So how can our listeners get in touch with you if they have any questions or just want to follow you? Yeah. Um, my Instagram is Shani Bolter. Um, I could send it to you after this too. Okay. Um, but feel free to message me. Like I said, like I am like dying to talk to anybody about <laughs> an unmedicated birth. Like I am so like, now that I've done it, I'm like obsessed with birth. Like I would love to, you know, potentially support or like be a doula at some point. Like, I just think it's absolutely amazing. So feel free mm -hmm. to, you know, reach out to me. I would absolutely love to talk to anybody about it. Oh, awesome. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story is wonderful. And congratulations again on that new little baby. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you are enjoying the podcast. And if you are, don't forget to leave a rating and review and follow along on Instagram at birth naturally. Also, if you'd like to subscribe for extra episodes, you can find a link to that in the show notes. Thanks.